1: so the government meetings obviously now to see what you will be able to do after the 1st of December and the run-up to Christmas, the type of Christmas that you and your family uh, can have uh, and uh, Ronan Madigan who often crunches numbers on politics for us has been crunching COVID-19 numbers uh, for us, a good friend of the Limerick Today show over the last few months. He's on the line again and we also have uh, Fianna Fáil MEP for this constituency of Ireland South, Billy Kelleher and uh, you're both welcome. Um Ronan, where do you feel we stand in Limerick now on the figures and what that might mean for exiting Level 5?
0: Well, the Limerick figures have risen again back up over the 200% 14-day incidents. We had gotten down to 196, but we spiked up last week. Now, a lot of that, of course, is related to the outbreak at the UHL, as Cowan uh, outlined. And I think, to be fair to Limerick, a point we need to make is UHL serves Limerick, Tipperary, and Clare. So that will cause a skewing higher of the Limerick numbers because we're serving three counties as such. So I, I think that needs to be taken into account. We're probably not quite in as bad a place. We are ranking second in the country at the moment just behind Donegal. But I think if that three-county thing needs to be taken into account.
1: And is it your sense that based on those figures, you mentioned Donegal as well, that ultimately the government's determination to move the entire republic from level five to level three plus perhaps will mean that Limerick won't in any way get left behind next week.
0: It shouldn't be, especially if they take that point in, in into account regarding the hospital. And even Donegal with where it was, it is now down to two hundred and thirty one. So you know they have made a big improvement. But I, I, I think the the overall county issue for Limerick is not as bad as the, the figures suggest because of the outbreak and we do know there has been uh, an outbreak related to the, the the college campus area in in Limerick as well so I think both those things need to be taken into account and we shouldn't be penalized on that front.
1: But it was interesting to hear Colette Cowan say that they are expecting another wave I think is the way she put it uh, you know probably early January.
0: Absolutely, and there will be with reopening, but we have to reopen to a certain extent. We have to give people a chance. In parallel with that, I think one of the things they need to do is make testing mandatory. There's new data released last week. In the month of October, 14,000 people refused to go for a test when they were called. Now, at the positivity rate of 7% of the time, that meant 980 people walked around deliberately not going for a test who were positive and who spread infection. And if you crunch those numbers through with the infection rate at the time, literally one quarter of the infections that happened in the last four weeks shouldn't have happened because people didn't go for tests.
1: Right. Uh, Billy Kelleher, MEP, I mean, obviously you see it from the EU side um, through the Parliament and clearly you represent a very big constituency that uh, includes Limerick back at home. What's your take on it all?
2: Well, I mean, we're still very challenged in the sense that, you know, the incidents are higher than we'd hoped when we came to the end of November after a a Level 3 lockdown initially and then going to a Level 5. So, I mean, the Cabinet is to meet twice this week and I think they will, you know, uh, try and look at sector by sector to see, can they unwind to a certain extent to allow some form of normality, um, both in terms of, uh, you know, the commerce and society uh, and how we socialise during the Christmas period. But I still think that uh, public health and the potential for a flare-up again across the, the country if we unwind rapidly Um, you know, it will be foremost in their mind. So I think the public health issue will still very much be uh, the weighted uh, side of the argument when they're making the decisions. But like, You know, we have improved dramatically from where we were only a short number of weeks ago, but we are stubbornly caught now over about 300-plus per day, uh, and that probably is too high for just a a complete unwinding. So, you know, we may have to have a sectoral unwinding, um, you know, as we get close to Christmas, maybe in a further review. But um, it is, um, you know... I suppose, the darkest moment, really, before hopefully lighted into the, the tunnel in terms of vaccines coming available uh, in the new year. So, you know, you'd ask everybody just to for the last number of days to try and get that level down enough that would give the government the the confidence, I suppose, that if they open up society, if they open up the economy, that there won't be a big flare-up just uh, during the Christmas period into uh, early January. Yeah. And bear in mind, uh, early January also has traditionally been a huge pressure point for hospitals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you have uh, you know, a flare-up uh, of COVID-19 across the country during the Christmas period. Uh, people coming home from abroad, even though the advice is not to, but people will still do that. And I think a very valid point has been made there around testing. I just believe that, you know, we have to look at testing. We have to increase the capacity of testing. The PCR is the gold standard type testing. But I think they should also look at the antigen testing. If there is a potential flare-up in area that they can go in, test rapidly, Test frequently and test cheaply, and while it's not as accurate, it, you know, if you test frequently, you will pick up uh, the false uh, the false positives. So for all those reasons, um, you know that that's, I think is an area where we should uh, be m- more proactive in right. terms of testing.
1: Um, um, Ron Maligan, um, Jerry's been in touch uh, on 9595 this morning, saying, I "Look, Joe, it's a waste of time talking about figures. Talk about deaths. Very few deaths."
0: Um yes, relative to the spring, but the death toll is still rising. If you take it, we had one hundred and seventeen deaths in the whole month of October. We've had, had we've had one hundred and ten so far in November. So we are looking at a projected death toll in November of one hundred and fifty, which is still on the rise. And again, you know Deaths need to be taken into context. Something that I think has been missed and is probably relevant in the time we're in, we're about to reach a grim milestone in about two to three weeks' time. On the island of Ireland, COVID will have killed more people than the Troubles within about three weeks' time. So people are still dying. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things. You know, they do say that the ICU is stable, hospital admissions are stable. A lot of the reason why ICU is stable is because more people are dying than there were last month. And that's why the ICU figure doesn't keep climbing. Yeah. If if those people put all if those one hundred and ten people who have already died this month were able to be kept alive, our hospital system would be in serious trouble. Yes. Because uh, wouldn't be able to cope with the yeah, pressure. I and see, that is the point.
1: Yeah, I see I see what you mean. Um Billy Keller, you know, look, it's an incredibly difficult um, moment for the government, you know, the decisions that they have to make, including the fact that you look at Thanksgiving in Canada and the impact that that had, but people, you know, still travelled and wanted to do that. And then Thanksgiving this week in the US, and we'll get a sense of what that's like, but apparently millions are travelling despite the fact they're not asked to. And the truth is that we know, we just know that people here... Uh, will do certain things at Christmas time that they wouldn't otherwise do. So the balance for the government and for Neffet is really razor thin, isn't it?
2: Well, it is. I mean, if you have large numbers of people coming uh, home, uh, you know, and they are coming home with the intention, I suppose, of honouring the, the obligation to self-isolate for fourteen days, but in practice, even if they are visiting a number of relatives, you know, I mean, that will in itself, uh, co- you know, increase the risks uh, factor quite substantially uh, if it's done, you know, by thousands of people returning home, and then you will have inter-family movement as well, uh, people visiting that, you know, relatives, and so all of these potential increased uh, contacts will uh, very much increase the risk. And I would say, believe that that's what's at the back of the mind of the government. They know that people have done exceptionally well, uh, you know, in terms of the commitment to the regulations and the obligations for social distancing, hygiene, lack of movement, working from home. But, you know, if we let our guard down during that particular period, uh, you know, it could have uh, major implications. And I believe that's really why they moved to level five, or trying to get the rate uh down as low as possible so that it wouldn't be in the community and it wouldn't spread as quickly uh, as it could uh, you know, with uh increased numbers of social contacts because of the festive season. And that would be very much in their mind. Look, you'd still hope that um, you know, the the week that's in it, if the numbers can uh fall dramatically um and if they can look at it on a sector-by-sector sector basis, that's they could start to unwind the retail, for example, to allow shops to open and things like that. Uh, clearly, restaurants uh, and pubs and, and, and others, you know, are, are in, in different categories. But, you know, you would like to see that they, rather than just having a blanket closure, yeah. that they could look at it on a sector-by-sector uh, sector basis.
1: Finally, Billy, do you think there will be a Brexit deal over the next seven to ten days?
2: I I do, Joe. I I still believe that there will be a a deal. uh, Whether it will be a very detailed, complex deal with every issue resolved um, is another question. But I think that you know there's enough understanding that without a deal, it would have a devastating impact on um, economic activity uh, on the island of Ireland, but primarily uh, the UK itself. I think now realise that they would suffer greatly. So you see unions and you see business leaders uh, encouraging the government to try and in the UK to encourage their government to try and come to an arrangement. There might be some issues that are outstanding, but that is better to have a, a tin deal um, you know without huge detail and allow commerce to continue and then resolve other issues at, at a later stage uh, but um, you know when you look at what could happen and the impact on Northern Ireland particularly in terms of the economy up there if there's no deal uh, could, could be very very damaging and it could obviously uh, impact
1: in the, the Republic as well. Yeah. Um, okay well, we'll wait and see about that and, and finally from uh, you Ronan you know again we saw scenes in different parts of the country over the weekend of uh, people you know corporate particularly out and about and not um, social distancing and, and and all of that and and that just underlines doesn't it the dilemma for the government that if they don't allow certain sectors to open up in a in a semi-controlled way in a controlled way then they could end up with this sort of thing happening right through december
0: absolutely and i think that is why we have to try and open up as much as possible maybe carefully i I'd say I, as i predicted to you a couple of weeks ago probably level three for the first half of December let retail open and you know just just tell people straight up that yes look level three for two weeks but then come 15th of December yes we will relax things in a more regulated environment and if people like during the summer people got out and about and they managed to socialise and we managed to keep the numbers quite low for quite a while so people can go out socialise carefully in a regulated environment and if everybody plays ball we can get through this
1: right okay very good thank you both very much. Uh, Ronan Madigan, a friend of the show, and Billy Kelleher, MEP for this constituency uh, of Ireland South.
0: Call Limerick Today now on 46